be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Mills, quick pass. Nico at the five. Nico in the end zone. The dagger. And Grenard with the sack back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. Tremont Smith, coast to coast. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yes, it is. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the program live from the Hyundai Texans mobile radio studio, wherever we happen to be. It's Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you, and you know what day of the week it is. Do I have to go dated references? If it was Monday, I might be, tell me why I don't like Mondays or Manic Monday. If it was Tuesday, I could say Afternoons with the Moody Blues. If it was Wednesday, I could say Prince Spaghetti Day. Does anyone remember that? Maybe three people. Do they even make Prince Spaghetti anymore? But it's Thursday, and that means it's time for the General John McClain for the Houston Chronicle. General, good evening. Wow. What an intro. Thank you. I, I had coffee earlier. General, like I don't think more you've than ever, one cup. General, I don't think you've ever <laughs> been speechless, but I think you just were. I, that was pretty amazing. I'm kind of speechless myself. I've never heard Mark. Uh, I was ready. I was ready next for a rock and roll. <laughs> uh, dated references with days of the week. I didn't get to Friday because we're not there yet. And Johnny, maybe that's tomorrow. But it is Thursday. Okay. And John, right. it's not like a slow news week in the NFL or anything. And Major League Baseball too, with labor peace now and their season getting underway April seventh. But let's start here, General. With I think the biggest quarterback story of the week as far as the division goes and that would be Carson Wentz why don't we just start here Uh, I know there's a big thing going on tomorrow related to the Texans and certainly could have a major impact but we'll get to that in a few moments let's start with Wentz leaving Indy for the Washington Commanders and what happens to Indy now what you thought of the deal overall it amazes me that coaches will think, well, just because he bombed out there, I can handle him. And if Frank Reich can't handle him, and Frank Reich, who coached him in Philadelphia, doesn't want him on the team because he's a bad teammate or not a leader or whatever else that he did to be shipped out of there after one season and they paid so dearly to get him, something's wrong with Carson Wentz. And yet the commanders have made that trade. You know, I'm, I'd, Taylor Haneke was a really good teammate, an hard worker, and he earned a lot of respect. And, of course, he wasn't a high first-round pick like Carson Wentz was. But, my goodness, when you've been traded so much, especially to a coach who wanted you and believes in you and they get rid of you, I would have been buyer beware. That just shows you when Deshaun Watson finally has his legal situation cleared up what the Texans could probably get for him, especially when you see what happened with Russell Wilson. So I'm guessing that I'm pretty sure the Colts are not going to get Watson. So who do they turn to? They don't have a first round pick. I think they are, there's two guys veterans to keep an eye out. Number one, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's coming off surgery on his right shoulder. And the other one might be Jordan Love. Will Green Bay, considering Aaron Rodgers is signing a four-year deal, decide to trade him now, wait another year. You're not going to make a trade for Jordan Love based on what he's done, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 68 rating. But if you did have him rated high two years ago, why not? 
I don't know what else the Colts are going to do, but it's good news for the Texans because Wentz played pretty well against the Texans. Yeah, he did play well against the Texans, which was always mysterious in some sense. Like, why is he playing well today? What's going on? I think one thing about it, General, that, you know, trying to, who won the trade? Who won this trade? And sometimes that stuff is just uh, nebulous and frustrating. But I don't understand. First of all, they were going to have to cut Carson Wentz. And the commanders gave them two picks, a third and a potential second. It's a third right now. But if you play 70% of the plays in 2022, it'll be a second. So the Colts got a second and a third and complete contract relief. I don't understand. It's, well, I was going to make a comment about a trade that happened two years ago, which a running back was taken and the full complete salary was taken on when it didn't need to be. But it seems like that has happened again with the commanders. And I don't know how much better to your point, John, the commanders are with Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke. How much better do you think this does make Washington over the NFC East? I think it makes them good enough to beat the Giants and maybe compete with the Eagles behind the Cowboys. And it's like, I don't know why the Giants would not be interested in Watson. They wouldn't have to give both those first round picks up, but considering one is their what? fifth and sixth or something like that of Carolina's sixth, fifth and seventh. Yep. Now, one of those packages with the number three the Texans have, can you imagine what it'd be like going in a draft with those picks or even going in with Carolina's number six or Seattle's number nine? And Wentz, I, you know, Ron Rivera, he's the one that controls the personnel. He wanted to do it. And good. He's a great guy. I hope it works out for him. And they win the division and beat the Cowboys. As far as the Colts, I think Wentz being gone is good for the Texans. All right, Russell Wilson going to Denver. Your thoughts and Seattle. Are they rebuilding or not? Are they a contender to make a big trade at the quarterback position, for instance? Just hypothetically. Well, Pete Carroll's going to be 71 next season. He's not interested in going through a rebuild. You know, they didn't make that deal for Drew Locke to be their starter this year. And if they, you know, if one thing, if you take Mac Jones in the first round and you surround him with a great defense and a good running game, and you so you can still make the playoffs because you got the greatest coach in history. But most of the time when you play a rookie quarterback, that's not going to happen. Washington obviously thought there was nobody they could get with that 11th pick in the first round. I don't think that they'll take a quarterback with 11th pick in the first round with Wentz. And because they paid too dearly to get him to make him think he's going to be a one-year deal. And then they're going to promote the rookie. And in Seattle, I'm told they're interested in a veteran quarterback. And as I wrote today, that if the St. Seahawks offered two ones and two twos and a five that they got for uh, Russell Wilson, and they kept Noah Fant, and they had Watson throwing to Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, Noah Fant. They re-signed running back Rashad Penny, who averaged 132 yards over the last five games and 165 in the last two games. That would be a prolific offense and to have Deshaun Watson running the show. And they had Watson, of course, had that great game. The key is, would they make the trade? with the civil suits not being settled, maybe all of them won't be, 
Wood Watson waive his no trade clause to go to the great Northwest, one of the most beautiful cities in the country to play with offensive firepower like that in a great stadium that sold out with rabid fans every game. He could do like Russell Wilson and live on the water in a great estate. Uh, would that be possible? Would he approve that? I can't imagine if he wants to win and play with great players on offense, Seattle would not be the destination where he would want to go. On the other hand, maybe Nick Casario is able to get Noah Fant and have him as a starting tight end and Brevin Jordan as the backup because right now they only got one, one tight end at the contract. Well, the type of tight end they've got to get is a guy that's got some beef, can put his hand in the ground, knock people off the ball. And I don't know if Fant does that. But either way, the point being, you're right, John, they do have to go out and get tight ends. Let's go to the other side of that, John. You mentioned Russell Wilson living in that estate in Seattle. He now goes and lives in the mountains with Sierra in Denver. How do you think that's going to play? I mean, the AFC West still making noise today, and we'll get to that one in a second. But Russell going to Denver, how do you like that fit with Nathaniel Hackett as head coach and play caller, the receivers, the offensive line's decent, not great, but decent. And then uh, you got Javante Williams back there as a running back. What do you think about Russell Wilson's fit, not only in Denver, but in the AFC West? There was a report that Washington was going to offer more. I don't know how the commanders could have done that, but he rejected it. He had a no trade clause. And I don't blame him not wanting to play for Daniel Snyder, especially knowing things that could happen in Washington and the investigation, and they could get fine first-round picks. So I think it's great. He's got a running game. Like you said, they've got everything on offense, but their defense won't be as good without Vic Fangio running it. And right now, I wouldn't pick them to win the division. I'd pick Kansas City, and they'd be right there with the Chargers. And uh, all and uh, all those teams would be trying to make the playoffs. Tough division. John, I missed your last appearance on 610. Do you have a prediction for what's going to happen tomorrow legal-wise? Nobody has a clue what's going to happen. Grand juries don't often hear testimony, make an immediate ruling. They're supposed to, I think, they subpoenaed eight of the accusers. I think they're not going to ask each of them one question and make a decision. I'd be stunned. What, I mean, what happens on Friday? What business ever gets done on a Friday? So I'm not expecting it. <laughs> now, if they file charges, Watson could be on the team again next year while they wait for court, court dates. But if, uh, say, they don't indict, then uh, people are wondering about Roger Goodell. Well, does he say, okay, he's under a lot of pressure from Congress because of Washington, sexual misconduct. Jerry Jones has got stuff going on. Would he feel pressure to suspend Watson? Or would he figure, okay, he missed a season, that's punishment enough. And people say, well, what kind of punishment is that? He made $10.54 million. Well, he wanted to play. And I've had people that know Watson, and they said he was devastated that he didn't get to play last season and never thought it would come to that. So he does not want to sit out this season. So they better hope they don't indict. And then uh, that Goodell, if he's going to suspend him, makes it a minimal amount, maybe two games or six, and it's reduced to three on appeal. And then it becomes the, uh, the civil suits. Now, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, who's an attorney, does a great job. He's been writing for about two weeks. Multiple teams 
will make them offers despite the 22 civil suits. And maybe he's right. And the Texans sure hope he's right because they want to trade him. And, um, and Seattle has been through this kind of situation with Frank Clark, their former defensive end. They traded to Kansas City, who was kicked out of Michigan State because he beat up his girlfriend in front of multiple witnesses. And they got killed by fans and media up there. And then people cheered him, uh, gave him standing ovations. So um, I think that if whenever we find out that they indict or they don't, that is the next big step, and the wheels will start turning. And hopefully multiple teams will call Nick Casario, and he'll say, Sean, okay, Miami's out of it. So will you go to Carolina? He rejected Philadelphia last year. Will you go to Seattle? And if I'm Seattle and I'm Pete Carroll and John Schneider, I'm asking the owner, uh, Jody Allen, can I borrow your jet and send it down to Houston and pick up Deshaun Watson? and his girlfriend and bring him up here and let's show him Seattle in a good time. He's only seen the stadium and his team's hotel and hopes that he would say, okay, to the Seahawks. I don't even know that I can think about all that, John. It's so just like, Oh my, it's all the ifs, ifs, ifs. And I mean, we all know that, but what did happen today, I'll transition to this back to the AFC West is uh, Khalil Mack traded Back to the AFC West, traded to the L.A. Chargers to be added with Nick Bosa. And kind of to the theme of all this, of Carson Wentz and the potential Watson trade, he goes for a second and a future sixth. I was a little shocked at that that price tag on Khalil Mack, but he goes back to the Chargers. They get Russell Wilson in Denver, but the Chargers answer with some defensive guys, including one of the best, Khalil Mack. What are your thoughts? What was the general's gut reaction to Khalil Mack going back to the AFC West. Well, I see all these people. Oh, my goodness, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And I'm thinking, what's Khalil Mack done lately? Why is everybody getting excited about him? And uh, remember when John Gruden just got roasted for making that trade. And I can't remember what he did with the picks, but I do know they, they were in the playoffs this season and the Bears were not. And I would think Bears, new GM, that was done by former general manager Ryan Pace, that he'd like to have those picks because the Bears are kind of rebuilding with second-year quarterback Justin Fields. And Chargers, when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Derek Carr, you better be able to get the quarterback. So in the short term, I think he's, what, 29 or be 29 or 30, I can't remember. In the short term, that's probably good, and he ought to be real fired up about it. Because anytime you get a division with quarterbacks like that, my goodness, you better get them and be able to cover. And say Watson ended up in Seattle. Seattle, look at that division and their quarterbacks. Stafford, Mm -hmm. Murray, Watson, and and Lance. All of them former first-round picks, two of them first overall. Then the other teams better load up on pass rushers if that happens. I want to get back to Jordan Love here for a moment because the Jordan Love talk, and it's just talk from the outside in, Jordan Love going to the Colts possibly, I welcome that. Johnny and I were debating this yesterday. He's got one appearance to evaluate. I know he was highly regarded coming out of college. He's a first-round draft choice and all of that. 
but you don't really have a whole lot of NFL film on him, and he'll be playing for the first time on a regular basis. Look, the Texans went through this, too, when they acquired Matt Schaub for a couple of twos back in 2007. Schaub actually had more playing time with the Falcons behind Mike Vick than Love has behind Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Not that you could make the best evaluation, but they felt pretty comfortable, and Schaub did some good things here. I'm not saying Love's not better than Schaub, but you don't know. And for the Colts, that's a pretty risky proposition to make that deal, I think. They, Chris Ballard, the general manager, and Frank Reich, the coach, would have had to have had Jordan Love rated high. Now, they, who was that was two years ago. So was Phillip Rivers just retired, or was he playing one more year? So it was then Wentz this season, and it was Rivers the year before. So they still had Rivers. Now, he yep. wasn't going in the first round if Green Bay hadn't have traded the pick to go back there and get him at 27 or whatever. But I think if you got Jordan Love, Ryan Tannehill, and uh, t- uh, Trevor Lawrence coming off a disappointing rookie season but going into his second season, that's not quite as good as the AFC West is and the NFC West could be no if Seattle makes the trade for Watson. And Tannehill, you know, because Aaron Rodgers had bought land in Nashville, and I think his good buddy Clay Matthews had a lot to do with that because all the former Matthews players are living in Nashville, like Rex Ryan and Bobby Beathard. He moved, he moved there. There's a lot of people buying homes there. People just assumed that the Titans were going to trade for him. That was never a possibility. And so Ryan Tannehill's got to get Derrick Henry back to be effective. But if you're, you know, you think about the Texans playing the division should be so much easier than having to play the AFC West next season. Well, they get the NFC East, and so that's uh, it's a decent, uh, it's a decent balance, if you will, General. You mentioned it earlier. And Mark and I haven't talked about this. But, General, how excited are you off, off of football for a second? Baseball's back. How do you feel about that? <laughs> when I went in to get a haircut today, I walked in, everybody's shouting, baseball is back. And then I'm thinking the only bad thing is Carlos Correa is gone. And uh, it's going to be weird. Baseball free agency and NFL free agency all going at the same time. Going to be a lot of money being flung from near and far and I can't wait to see it can't wait to have the season glad they didn't have to postpone games I miss being able to go to spring training and watch the Astros and can't wait till they crank it up because they're still going to have good pitching staff and they're still going to have good hitters but man losing Springer and Correa in back-to-back seasons that kind of makes me want to throw up and if Correa ends up with the Yankees or the Dodgers I will vomit. Well, Steve Phillips from Sirius XM MLB Radio says that he thinks Correa stays in Houston. And, look, he's not a newsbreaker. That's his analysis. So we'll see if he's right. But that kind of piqued my interest, and he had a pretty solid case for Correa in this market, signing a shorter and lucrative contract with the Astros and see where well, it goes. Well, he was we'll offered see what happens. and it was, it was for good money. But everybody says he wants a longer deal. And that he turned down like $265 million to be reunited with A.J. Hinch in Detroit. So I don't know Phillip, about that. I, I sure hope Steve Phillips is right. Yeah, he thinks there's not going to be that kind of long-term deal out there for him that he's going to like. and He'll take the shorter money and then try to re-up later. We'll see what happens. Okay, General, 
characterize the kind of free agency this is going to be for the Houston Texans. We all know what happened last year. They signed a ton of players. They needed a ton of players, one- and two-year deals. How different is it going to be this year, knowing that they have more draft choices coming and possibly a whole lot more? They're going to have nine draft choices. You don't want too many. There's no way Nick Casario wants another two or three draft choices this year because, as I always say, too many young players are like a salad with too much green. It's just not good. And so I think that he'll want them (laughs) spread over the next couple of years. They've got to re-sign Malik Collins and Camus Grugier-Hill. Not sure if they're going to make a run at Justin Reed or not. And if they let Justin Reed walk, and they'll get a compensatory pick next year, then I think it makes it more likely that they draft John Harris's number one overall prospect, and that would be safety Kyle Hamilton, even though he cannot do one thing for the running game, and the running game can do a lot for him and the rest of the defense. But I think that uh, I I wonder if Terrence Mitchell being cut makes it more likely they would re-sign Desmond King because if they right now I think they have four veteran corners under contract and they still need an improvement, but they're not destitute. They're not destitute in the defensive line. You know, they got one tight end and then really they got two receivers they can count on, Cooks and Collins. You know, Dorsett had a cup of coffee and then he got hurt. And so I don't think they'd target that early, but they've got to have. A, a new offensive line. You know, do they trade Tunsil? That means George Warhoff, I'm guessing, would have four new starters unless he likes Charlie Atkins, plans to start Titus Howard at left tackle. But that offensive line has got to be improved. The good thing is Casario can't go wrong. They need play help so many places. I just, I just want him to not trade down from three because he's got a chance to get a big-time impact player but if you make a deal with seattle you might get the 10th pick uh ninth pick that could happen uh general we're gonna call this crystal ball you got one sentence (laughs) to explain what happens to the particular individuals as we approach the new league year all right you ready here we go uh you just talked about desmond king so we'll leave that one alone justin Britt. I don't think he's back because he's injured too much and he's going to be over 30. What's your gut tell you about Malik Collins? Resigned. Christian Kirksey. Resigned because those guys are not going to get a lot of money from anybody else. And Lovey Smith puts a lot of stock in culture. Culture's attitude. People wonder what a culture is. It's attitude. Kirksey is a great guy for the attitude. It wouldn't cost a lot. You mentioned Desmond King. How about uh, – where was the one I was going to ask you about? Oh, Danny Amendola. I'm not counting him on him being back just because he's so old and talked about retiring. But if he wants to be back, I'd sign him to a one-year deal because if you look at how little he played in his production, it was amazing. I think that's all of them. I think I got all of okay. them. I think that's the ones I wanted to know. There are a few others I could ask about. Oh, did I ask you about Jacob Martin? No. Uh, Jacob Martin, I think, you know, these guys, if they hit free agency next Wednesday at 3 o'clock, I think they'll go somewhere else. Uh, Martin's never turned into the pass rusher. They hoped he would be. That is a need position. If they drafted, say, say Hutchison or, or, 
or Trayvon Walker, whose stock has gone up since the combine, or uh, Trayvon or Gavon Thibodeau. Then they would have a rookie pass rusher opposite Jonathan Grenard, who had a breakout year. And then you'd have Malik Collins and Roy Thomas inside. You would have your defensive line set. And uh, But I don't think they're destitute there like they are at the running game. You guys know it's the worst running game in team history. It is the worst in the NFL. It can it not just – because Serio's not going to ignore it, but he's got to target it big time. Absolutely has to target it, and he will. General, what do you have going out of the chronicle? Uh, Brooks Cabina and I have uh, stuff for Sunday on free agents. I've got my mailbag will be posted in the morning, and Brooks did a great job at the Combine, and, and I wrote every day even though I wasn't there. You guys did a great job as always. And I'm fired up about Monday. And then, of course, on Wednesday, it is a feeding frenzy. I told Brooks, your head is going to be spinning. Awesome. General, thanks so much for the time, as always. Thank you, guys. That's John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. All right, coming up, we usually do who's better on Thursdays. We're going to do an NFL and Texans would you rather. For Johnny, it's coming up next, uh, NFL and Texans, would you rather hear on Texans Radio? Texans All Access continues in a moment. What if your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider? At Houston Methodist, we go beyond hospital care, offering you everything from flu shots to well-woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live... We can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Leading. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. Texans All Access, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. All right, let's play Would You Rather instead of Who's Better. We're going to make a substitution today on March 10th. March Madness is kind of going on this week, Johnny, with these conference it tournaments. Is, yeah. I love these. I absolutely love them. And uh, Lopez and I are doing the Southland Conference Final on Saturday night, 8.30 live, right on Sports Radio 610. On the dial position you have right now, it is at the Merrill Center in Katy. Automatic bid to the NCAA tournament on the line. We do it every year. It's fun. I know you did it with me last year. It was great to have you along. And Lopez is back. It'll be fun. So I wanted to get that plug in. All right. You ready for Would You Rather? Let's go. Would you rather the Colts get Jordan Love or Kirk Cousins? Which would you rather have them do? From a Texans perspective, of course. I'm not talking about who's going to help them win more. I want the quarterback selected to help them lose more often. I want them to get Kirk Cousins. You think Jordan Love is going to be that much better than Kirk Cousins? We for started them? this discussion slash fight last night. I know, and I have not I changed my stance. I'm I giving you an Jordan opportunity. Love is dangerous. He's dangerous now. He's dangerous both ways. He's dangerous in that it could be, a, uh, as with anything, it could be a total and complete flop, or it's going to be a home run. And it's one or the other for him. It is either a three-pitch strikeout, or it is a 500-foot home run. And I would lean more towards the 500-foot home run because with Frank Reich, with the weapons that are there in Indianapolis, that scares me. 
Kirk Cousins is going to do enough to tantalize and then get you beat. I don't think after, and this is the other, this is the other part of this, and this goes to kind of the, you know, Kirk Cousins is a pretty headstrong individual, and he and Carson Wentz are not wound all that differently. There were a lot of things that went on. Kirk Cousins is not going to give hometown discounts. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be uh, that much of an upgrade over Carson Wentz in the locker room. So I would think Jordan Love is going to be more of an issue. So I, Kirk Cousins, I am not going to wake up on a Sunday morning in Indianapolis, Mark, thinking about the game going, oh, man, we're facing Kirk Cousins. I did that with Andrew Luck. I did that at times with Phillip Rivers. I would do that with Jordan Love. I would not do that with Kirk Cousins. It's funny that Luck is the one guy to get swept, and it was Osweiler yes. that did it for the Houston Texans. And when it's all said and done with the Luck era in Indy, all right, so they got two division championships out of it. They had, what, three playoff appearances because they made it in 12 as a wild card when the Texans won the division. Yep. And that's it. And that's it. Remember, they were struggling to get to 500 those years, 15, 16. It was really tough for them. I'm amazed that it went that badly. It's almost like they're paying back whatever deal they made with the devil to get Peyton Manning in the first place (laughs) and enjoy all that success with him. Yeah, I mean, they they went right from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, and then the day – I mean, I will never forget the day that Luck retired. We're up in Dallas playing that game, and it's an awful. It's one of the worst games I have ever seen. Regular season playoff or not, it's ridiculously bad. And I remember I'm interviewing Hop, and we get done, and you don't even say thank you or nice job or anything. You just go, seismic news. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? And I look over. You tell me, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And we start talking about it, and I look over. And there's a group of people around J.J. Watt, and there's like eight to ten guys, and they're all chatting. I can see their eyes, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they just found out the news too. I mean, it was seismic, and the Colts have not gotten it, gotten it right since. Lo- I mean, Brissett, Rivers got them to the playoffs where they lost to Buffalo, uh, and then you know what happened this past year with Carson Wentz, and now who knows what they're going to do. But I know Chris Ballard doesn't worry about legacies and such, but it's on the line, and his job might be on the line. But I don't believe that Carson Wentz was his choice anyways. That was Frank Reich. I mean, Frank's made that well-known. He was the guy that pushed for him. They went and made a deal for him, got him. It didn't work out. Ballard got the deal to get him out of it. And so you move on. But uh, whoever they choose, there's a lot of pressure on Indy right now to make the right decision. One playoff win for this regime so far. We all know where it was. I don't want to relive that. All right. Would you rather? If you are Arizona, Johnny, you are the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Would you rather have Kyler Murray or what if I offered you Kirk Cousins? Would you rather have Kirk Cousins there or Kyler Murray there? Look, Kyler's a, a diva plus. I mean, he is a diva, diva, diva. But I'll take Kyler Murray over Kirk Cousins. As you can tell, I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins yeah. guy in the world. I mm-hmm. think that offense with Cl- Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's offense has been constructed, I don't say in large part, for a guy like Kyler Murray. But I'll tell you this, if Kirk Cousins had been behind an offensive line this last year, he'd have died. He would have died. The <laughs> offensive line was terrible. 
I told I told you and Dre on the way home, and we were all talking about it. I said, they're only going to go as far as an offensive line allows them to go. Because Kyler can't be running around here forever. And even in our game, you could see the frustration. He was getting frustrated. He was getting hit from Gennard in the backside. Jacob Martin hit, got him for that safety. I mean, he was he was getting really frustrated in our game. And they won that game 30, what, 31 to 7 or 5 or whatever it was. So that offensive line has not helped him out. And if you think about the quarterbacks that have had success, for the most part, in the league when they, when they came in as a young quarterback just lately, you know, Lamar Jackson stepped behind the line with Ronnie Stanley and Zeus Brown and Jensen at center. You know, Deshaun's the one that didn't have a great offensive line in front of him. Mahomes had a tremendous offensive line in front. They did have to reconfigure it, and now it's one of the best again. Josh Allen's offensive line was decent. It wasn't great, but they improved it by year two and three, and his play improved as a result. Joe Burrow, man, it's amazing to see what Joe Burrow's doing with that offensive line with the Cincinnati Bengals. But you put a young quarterback behind a crappy offensive line, you're only going to go as far as that offensive line's going to allow. And I think Kyler Murray... If that offensive line can get some help and give Kyler some help, then I think the Cardinals will end up being fine with Kyler Murray. He's a diva. There's no doubt. Pops is an issue. It's, yeah, it's a problem. But I would take that all day, every day over Kirk Cousins. All right, next one. Would you rather you are required, and you are the Houston Texans right now. Congratulations about that. Thank you. You are the Houston Texans, and you are required to switch to another division. I'm not saying who's leaving that division, but you are switching to another division. The league is mandating this. Do you go to the NFC East or the NFC South? I'm giving you a choice of either one. Which one are you picking? Well, I'm going to say NFC South, and there are two reasons. Number one, that division has gone from penthouse to outhouse. Breeze gone, Brady gone. Oh my God, what's happened? The Panthers can't figure it out at quarterback. And Matt Ryan is making nearly $50 million and he's, he's killing the Falcons on the salary cap. The NFC South is right to be had. Plus, NFC South, shorter flights. I don't like to fly, I like the shorter <laughs> flights in the NFC South. Those are the two reasons I'm going. I stress number one more than number two. Mm-hmm. I love games. I love games in Philly. That game in Philly in 2018, even though we lost that game, mm. that was one of the more fun afternoons I've had. I love games in Philly. Love going to New York. So that would be cool to be in the, AF, in, in the NFC East, take uh, Dallas out, put us in, uh, just swap the two, put Dallas in with Tennessee, Indian, Jacksonville. But I think the NFC South is ripe to be had. And I'm not saying that we would go win it this year. But we'd be in the mix because you have no idea what's going on with New Orleans at the quarterback position. You have no idea what's going on at Tampa Bay at the quarterback position and in Carolina. If any of those three teams end up getting Deshaun, okay, now it's a different story because there is a lead dog for sure. There's no lead dog there right now. None. There's there's just four of them kind of just sitting at the starting line going, all right, you going to tell us when to go? So I would go to the NFC South right now. How did the Saints finish 9-8? and eight? I mean, that's – Pretty good work considering what they were going through quarterback-wise and injury-wise. Yeah, I thought Sean Payton did a heck of a job with that team. I thought he did a heck of yeah. a job with that team. Uh, but when he looked up and said, ah, $71 million order cap, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You got this, Mickey Loomis? Absolutely. It's all yours, brother. Hang on. So, yeah, uh, Sean Payton did a will of a job with that team last year, I thought. Gosh, might, no Michael East. Thomas. No Michael Thomas either. Michael Thomas didn't play – for most of that year, Kamara missed like five or six games. 
man, he did a really good job with that. Now that I think about it. Ooh. Yeah, he absolutely did. Um, I'm intrigued by the NFC East only because it would be great to be in the same division as Dallas. I think that would be so cool to be able to play them every year. That In this case, it would be twice a year. But you know how I feel with the 17 games. I always thought if there was a 17th game, we'd get a chance at that Texans-Cowboys natural rivalry every year. At least if you get to 18, please make it happen then. I don't know if they will uh, because we've discussed this many times. Not every team has a natural rival in the other conference. But, man, it would be so cool to be able to see that. Maybe they would change the formula, though, because you and I came up with a whole system for doing this yep. before. If you gave everybody two rivals in the opposite conference, then you get it done. Then you find a way to get it done. And, for instance, I don't want to believe the point here, but if you're the Patriots, for instance, the Giants are your natural rival. But the Bills would see it that way as well. So what are you going to do? Right, So if you have two NFC opponents for an AFC team, you can get it done. All right, Johnny, next segment. Here's what I want. It's mid-round madness. It's March madness? No, it's mid-round madness. Everybody talks about, oh, you have the number three pick in the draft or whatever. You're drafting high in the second round. No, no. I want to focus on the guts, the meat of the draft. You're going to give me one tight end, one pass rusher, and one receiver who could help the Texans as immediately as possible if you select them in the mid-rounds, and that would be, you know, is third considered a mid-round? Why not? Let's go third and down, and you tell me what next here on Texans Radio. More Texans Radio is on the way. What destinations are on your financial checklist? A new home? A new savings account? Whatever it may be, TDECU offers better ways to save and do more with your money. Join TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans. Texans Radio, the drive continues. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Before we get to that mid-round madness, Johnny, the Aaron Rodgers deal is not signed yet. And you wonder what it's, you know, what's taking so long here. They have a deal, don't they? Well, Am I just reading too much into it? I know PFT likes to tweet stuff just to get everybody yeah, all yeah. riled up. But they point out that if it's not done by Wednesday, start of the league year, uh, the cap number is not reduced, all right? The cap number is $46.66 million for the upcoming season. To knock that down, they got to get it done before the start of the league year. League year start, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesday, uh, is a big deal as far as these contracts. Don't ask me to explain this all because we're going to be here for a long time. Okay, I took one class on contract law many, many years ago. And the Ooh. one thing I remember is – you don't have to sign the deal. If you verbally have agreed to the deal, then that's good enough to make the deal. Now, as it pertains to the NFL and the requirements of what makes it, maybe the, the language is different, I don't know. But if you have verbally agreed to a deal, then by not going through with it, I think you're reneging on it. But I that's the only thing I really remember from contract law. So... You know, look, Florio is – he's – Florio. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, well, John McClain just said he does a great job. Now, he does a really good job with the legal stuff because he's an attorney. Yes. And I always thought that was his strong suit, all the yes. legal stuff, business-type yes. stuff. I mean, Mike Florio is not the kind of guy you ask, who do you think is going to win on Sunday? That's not his thing, X's but and O's and strategy. 
Yeah, but people do ask him that. And they ask know, for his crazy. analysis. It's like, no, 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 no. I mean, the, the PFT is an aggregation site that aggregates mm-hmm. the stories. And when there is a story that needs more explanation, especially from a legal or a law standpoint, which the NFL definitely needs. The NFL mm-hmm. definitely needs that because we have too many things going on, i.e. Jeff Gladney, um, which my buddy uh, Roddy Williams is caught right in the middle of that as his agent. Um, and, and Gladney had to go through all of that. So from that yeah. from that standpoint, um, you know, just I don't want to say stay in your lane, but you know, you don't have to you don't have to muckrake, if you will. You don't have to you don't have to bring all that. Oh, he hasn't signed a contract. I mean, who knows why he hasn't you know gotten around to it? Maybe he's he's out of town. Maybe he can't find DocuSign. Maybe he doesn't know how to use the app on an Android phone. He just got an iPhone. Who knows? I mean, we just like, it just makes me so furious. Oh man! Like he hasn't gone to the bathroom yet. What's wrong with him? Oh, I mean, what? Uh, stop! 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 Johnny, he he could be doing a cleanse. All right, and these take yeah. a while for him. And if he's doing another one, oh, my goodness, this could be a big problem. And as far as the uh, verbal agreement versus the signed, I don't think they could file it with the league office in time if it's just a verbal. So that's my thought on that. Anyway, give me all right, mid-round draft, this coming draft. Everyone talks about who you're going to pick with number three overall. And I get it. There's always fascination and scrutiny and spotlight on yeah. who you pick first. I get it. But yes. mid-round. Give me a pass rusher who could possibly help the Houston Texans in this draft. Okay, so now you mentioned earlier pass rusher. You want to go? You want to go third round? I'll, I'll okay. I'll go third, fourth, somewhere, somewhere third, fourth, fifth. I'm going to give you a name of a guy, and it's going to be really interesting how the NFL reacts to him because he's he's got some he's got some baggage from from days gone by. But he was incredibly – he was an upstanding citizen at Ole Miss. He was great this past year. He ran a 4-4-1 the other day off the uh, – in the 40 – or 4-4-6, excuse me, at 261 pounds. And that's Sam Williams from out of Ole Miss. I think, like Grenard – now, I don't think he has got as many pass rush uh, – a pass rush skill set like John Grenard. But I think John ran like a 4-8 or 4-7-5 or something like that. Sam Williams, a 261, ran a 446, and I bring it up because he is an incredibly skilled pass rusher. But there's so many pass rushers in this draft that Sam Williams is going to get pushed down. Now, another guy that I think probably gets to round three that I really like, and I think other people really like him too, which makes me think a lot of people like him uh, around the league, and that's Dominique Robinson. At 253 pounds, he's a little light. He's a former wide receiver, and he does a lot of, he does a lot of his pass rush standing up. But you talk about an athlete. Holy smokes. I saw him at the senior ball. I stood next to him. And I'm like, they kept having him rush from the inside. And I thought, this is odd. But then you look at him and you're like, that dude's got negative body fat. Dominic Robinson, Miami of Ohio. Uh, he's a guy to uh, come off the edge. I like him. I think he is a guy that can blaze the edge and do some good things. He's 253 pounds. If you want a guy on the edge that's got a little something who could also transition inside – is Zach Carter from out of Florida. At 282 pounds, he is a loose, fluid athlete with some violence, football violence, that is. Zach Carter could be mm-hmm. a really interesting guy that kind of fits in that mold of Demarcus Walker, where Demarcus could rush from the outside, but then you'd see him rush from the inside. Well, Zach Carter from Florida could kind of fit that same bill, and he's about 10 to 12 pounds heavier 
and he's probably a little bit better athlete, if not as good a pass rusher as DeMarcus right now. But he can kind of fill that inside-outside role. So those are three guys from the edge. I think round three and beyond could provide some really good value for the Texans. And uh, Dominic Robinson lost a shoe and still did drills anyway yeah. with the lost shoe. So that's that Miami of Ohio toughness out of Oxford yes. that we like to see. Mid-American Conference toughness. Johnny, that's yeah. it for the show. We'll do the rest of it tomorrow. Big day tomorrow, of course, and we'll be on the air at 6 p.m. to talk about it all. Thank you for your work. Thank you to the General John McClain for the Houston Chronicle. Austin for producing. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. What destinations are on your financial checklist? A new home? A new savings account? Whatever it may be, TDECU offers better ways to save and do more with your money. Join TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans. 